Welcome to the Yield Podcast. I am Brooke Payne, your host. Together, we are going to create passive income, organically grow your side hustle, meanwhile, being completely submitted to God's leadership throughout the process, because that is how we exponentially grow. We're here with Young and a Million. You guys introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are, what you're up to. Yeah. We are Young and a Million. I'm Cody Christopher. I'm Alex Christopher, the drummer. So what what is like the genre? What's the feel behind the music? How did you guys become a band? Like give us the whole, the backstory, the whole thing. So it's really a pop rock duo. You know, it's very much high energy music. But we also write a lot of love ballads and... We were both doing, we both had our own careers when we were in Nashville. I was a singer-songwriter, and uh, Alex was a DJ at the time, producer, and we actually met at our friend Tyler Ward's Bible study. Shout out Tyler Ward, our YouTube friend. And um, yeah, we had met at this Bible study, and what was funny was uh, I had just told Alex because Alex had told me, yeah, I'm a DJ and I, I produce, you know, and da 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 da. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, dude. I, I top line for a lot of DJs, you know, and, and that just means you like write a melody over, over their track or whatever. And like, I'd probably done like a few tracks or something like that. And then Alex was like, super, super artsy. He was like, I'm getting more into this like cinematic stuff now. And I was like, yeah, I really like cinematic stuff too. And then he was like, well, I guess we should, we should have a session together. Like, it was so Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Nashville. Yeah. And then you guys have been a band for a year, correct? Year and a half. Okay. Uh, I think. So we met, we met in September of like 2018, but we really didn't start like the music until really at the top of 2019. Um, and then we put out our first song March 29th. So it's been about like a year and um, three weeks of like, yeah. since we've like actually like put out music and become like a band, but he's who's better, counting. He's better at remembering the anniversary dates than I <laughs> Yeah, I'm still better I didn't get a card. <laughs> so tell us like the... I kind of want to, because I know you guys on a personal level, so, but tell, like, each of your backgrounds, because, like, Cody, you and I were, like, the Midwest crew, you know, holding it down, and then Alex is out here in freaking L.A., well, yeah, but then you have your L.A. side, so tell, like, I don't care who goes first, but tell us, like, a little bit about yourselves, your background, and then, like, how you got to Nashville and why. Yeah. Well, I was on staff at a church back home in Minot, North Dakota, and I was doing worship and youth, like as a full-time pastor, kind of blurring into assistant. And before that, I was playing in like these crazy hardcore bands when I was like 19, 20, touring uh, by booking tours on MySpace and stuff like that. And yeah, I was doing ministry like full-time, ended up writing these songs putting out some EPs, performing and doing all that stuff and just had like a real hunger to really pursue music as like a full-time career. Um, and so through like a lot of wrestling, a lot of like prayer and just tensions internally and, and even maybe some disagreement with people back home and stuff like that, I ended up moving to Nashville in like, let's see, 2017. And, um, yeah, was just doing the singer songwriter thing and just trying to make cool pop songs and 
had blonde hair and <laughs> wanted to pretend like I was from California and um still do. Yeah, I still do. Yeah, <laughs> I still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need to serve. Yeah. All right, Alex, hit us. What you got? Who am I? <laughs> um well, so I uh I came I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, and then I moved to Nashville to go to Belmont. And then after Belmont, I went out to LA because I wanted to go be a DJ. And um, so when I went out there, I became an intern um, at Dimock, which is um, Steve Aoki's record label, and I did A&R there. And then I got hired um, to work under a producer, Alvin Risk, and my whole life was basically underneath, um, was in EDM and dance clubs and working with all the people in electronic music, and it was great, and it was amazing. Um, but I still just felt a little bit off, like pursuing uh, electronic music because I think deep down I wanted to perform um, with instruments and like really write my own songs. And um, I left and came back to Nashville and left all that behind. And um, then shortly met Cody, like a year and a half later, and uh, the For rest is the, the 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 rest is history. And then yeah. I want to talk about this. We we've talked about this before, but. The whole performance mindset, because I feel like especially, yeah. I want to talk about that, and then I also want to talk about you guys as Christians writing songs that aren't necessarily considered like Christian music. So wherever you want to go with that, but yeah, um, well, I would say I, you know, for myself, obviously, like having a heart for God and and having a heart for music, you often get you know sort of pigeonholed into the the worship world, and you know when you're doing worship, it's it isn't really about you. It's obviously like about God, you know, and, um, you, you don't want to bring nothing per se, this sort of look at me kind of mentality to that mix, you know, because you're, you're obviously honoring God and things like that. And so for me, I know I so longed for just more of an expression in music and I almost would feel guilty sometimes. Cause I'd be like, man, I just like, I just want to take control of this room and like tell everybody to like get up and like yeah. and I still sometimes was doing that in like you know this <laughs> this church I felt like sometimes I was like cheerleading these people you know it's just like you know it's just like okay like there's a lot of people that are like you know like pushing like 65 70 in here like we don't get need up, them to jump, be like, jump, you know, jump. like on your feet like <laughs> I can't get up <laughs> All right, you in the front, in the wheelchair. We're going to do a miracle right now. You're going to rock. You're going to get out right now. Yes. And, um, you know, but, yeah, there was just this tension within me, I think. And I didn't come from a real background that was super, like, there's not a lot of entertainers in North North Dakota. Dakota. (laughs) You know, they're, like, farmers or businessmen or, like, you know, healthcare or whatever. And. Um, and so I kind of always just felt a little bit, um, like I was in a place where I didn't quite, couldn't totally feel like myself. And so, um, that really, I really wrestled for a little while and it wasn't until I was out in Nashville for a, probably a year and a half or so. And I just, you know, um, just, just talking to friends, talking to other performers and people in the, in the industry and stuff like that. And you really just begin to grow comfortable with like who you are, you know, which was somebody who is, you know, had a lot, I was somebody that had a lot of energy and wanted to see people engaged and things like that. And you, 
you learn that like the performer in you and the entertainer in you is really is a gift in itself. You know, it's not something to be afraid of. And it's, and though people look at you and you are the focus, it doesn't mean that like, you know, it's a prideful thing, you know, but, but I, I still have to like keep pride in check, like sure. and things like that. Yeah, you know do. what I mean? So, which Alex helps me by being like, yeah, no, nah, cut things. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do it again. Do it. Cut it again. That was a, no, I, I think I think uh, you know the perception of like entertainment or an entertainer is like ego. You know, we think like, oh well, if you want to be an entertainer or a performer, then you must have an ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't see like athletes like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see them as egotistical when you want to be like the greatest golfer or basketball player of all time. We just like kind of admire that. Um, and I'm talking about from maybe like the church perspective of like sure. becoming like a rock star versus becoming a um, an athlete. And um, but like when I when I saw Cody and, and I was trying to make a lot of sense of it, too, because I very much was like, you know, come from the church and played music in church. And, um, you know, to be in a rock band, it was like <clears throat> you're going off to be kiss or something like that. <laughs> and you're like either. Yeah, you're going to like leave your faith. And um, but when I met Cody, it just started making all sense and just like my history inside music and just seeing certain people that have a performer like they have like they're just performers and they're just born to perform and uh, I like it was like undeniable and Cody and um, just in anything not even just in music just like anywhere it can just be a small gathering you know or just ordering coffee (laughs) everybody who's working at the coffee you know, shops like, hey, everybody, like, hey, hey, dear, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your name? Oh, yo, let me get these sweets here. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cody just commands a room. It's just yeah. like part of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you in the back. Hey, I see hey, you. I see you. <laughs> Flipping those fries. Then, yeah, but yeah. then on stage, it's like, all right, everybody in the back, to the right, to the left. So, yeah, it, it's super natural. <clears throat> yeah, it's like it, everywhere you go. It doesn't feel forced. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and that's a gifting. And, and, um, you know, it's like trying to like ride that line in between. Like when it comes to worship, you know, pe- you're not trying to distract people of having like a moment with God. You know, you're there to lead them into the presence, and it's all about them and 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 Jesus and and um, facilitating that. You know, you're not trying to like, hey, everybody, all eyes on, you know, me, and like give like right. the show. And um, yeah. and that's where I'd say like Young in a Million is is like we we want to lead people into an encounter with God, um, but also put on a show. Yeah, and have a great time and be inspired by hope again. Whether it's like hope to fall in love or hope to chase dreams or like hope in Jesus. You know, I mean, ultimately that's, that's like our deepest message, but you know, so. And what would you say to, I know a lot of people personally and probably some who are actually listening to this right now, but people that are riding that line of like, I know I'm called to write songs for God and to do worship publicly and like on a stage, but I also feel these songs burning in me that are, have nothing necessarily don't say God and they're not like worship to God. It's just a love song or it's just a a song about hope. What would you say to someone that's like trying to ride that tension? I would say, keep walking the line, (laughs) keep walking the, the, the tension line and don't be afraid to write songs that, are either just love songs or just songs about pursuing dreams or songs about heartache even. Don't be afraid because I think we're in a really interesting time right now where you have 
people like the you know the Lauren Daigles or whatever who uh, clearly like are writing songs about God, but they have such an influence in the the non-Christian you know secular world and and things like that. And you uh, you have people like John Mark McMillan who um, you know is writing a lot of very very deep songs about God, but they're not all about God, you know. And so I think we're going into an interesting time where it may be m- the distinctions between like Christian by genre. And, um, like, you know, identifying, identifying as it, like they're, they're getting blurred a little bit and, and, you know, not every song that we write is about Jesus. Probably most of them aren't, you know, but we also have these songs that are clearly about our faith. And so I would just say, just embrace it and don't, don't be afraid of it, you know? So you, you, would you tag anything to that? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that like, you know, we identify ourselves as an original band, but we have Christian faith, and we don't identify as a Christian Christian as a musical genre. But it's like our faith, and that like, you know, in the culture that we're in, you know, people see Christian music, not everyone, but for the most part, of like a sound versus um, a message and faith. And um, we just want to always make sure that we're identified, like with like the message um, inside our music, and and that's ultimately hope. And it's not in um, you know a popular or or what's popular for that sound at the moment. And there and it's and it's not that there's like nothing wrong with like making that sound or you feel called to write those songs. We just know that like when people hear oh, you're a Christian band, they're going to think that we're something that Young and a Million really isn't. And um, we don't want to discourage people away from or or basically give people a misconception or, or then pass up on something that's really awesome because I think everybody should listen to our music. And the coolest thing is when people who aren't believers listen to our music. Yeah. Like that's like the coolest thing. Yeah. I love um, that. And everyone's listened to it at this point because the intro is your song. So shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, and and I'd say um I was gonna say one more thing, um. Oh yeah, we 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 do, we want young and a million like we are a band for people who who love music. Um, that's that's what we want to be a band for people who love music, and um. A lot of times, um, Christian music, at least for me, sometimes like, um. You know, you the best thing about it is you go there for Jesus, right? It doesn't matter who's really singing. Just give me a song about Jesus because I need Jesus in music. And we want to have that. But also having, like, um, being a band for people that, like, love, like, that artist or, like, that band or that sound. Like Coldplay or U2. You know, you go to hear them because you really, like... They just have like a gifting for this sound and they're like blessing people through their music. And like, that's what we want to be as a people who fall in love with like our sound and are blessed by like our original music. Um, and hopefully in the midst encounter God. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And then I kind of wanted to touch on something that Alex, you had said before and I appreciated and it's a little bit of a touchy subject, but I'm going to go there anyway because that's just what that's what we do. Go there. Um, but the whole you had been in the EDM world, and we had talked about just the economy of music and how it's shifted 
so drastically. And like, obviously here in Nashville, we feel, we feel it at a deeper level than um, some of just the other cities throughout America. But talk to me about like the economy of music and then specifically growing up in church and how that helped, like how you grasp this idea of maybe how the church um, needs to recognize how we view musicians and, you know, how to like support them better. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody who was, all my friends that grew up like in music from a young age, they were all involved in church. You know, we were all, um, involved in, in playing in worship music. And that was our kind of first introduction as a band. And then, you know, you'd have, it's crazy because I feel like it's the same exact thing. Like literally all my best friends, we all went to the same youth group. We all played in the worship band and then. We did that on Wednesday nights and like some Saturdays or Sundays and for our school. And then we had a rock band on the side and we go out and we'd play like these rock shows. And like before some of like the worship sets, we'd play like our rock songs. And like, (laughs) and, and it was just like, we were like yearning to like step into that, um, without neglecting worship music. Um, so yeah, does that... Yeah, I feel like where you were explaining is kind of how, um, and again, I want to be like very careful with it, but how when churches are like, okay, hey, we need, you know, a whole band thrown together. We need it for Wednesday. We need it for Friday night. We need it for Sunday. And then you're giving and you're giving and you're giving. I've seen sometimes where people like in the church will be like, oh, well, like if you're committed to this, then we need you. But also these bands are also trying to like, you know, go out and gig. And I feel like there has been kind of a stigma on like, well, you should be giving your your like your time and your talent to the Lord. And like you shouldn't be in bars. And like there's like a kind of a devalue on their talent. So that was when you were talking about how it like devalued it. Um, not saying that every church needs to pay every musician. Um, but I, that was kind of our conversation. I was like really interested in your perspective. Oh. Yeah, well, man, um, well, as a musician, it's really, really, it's really hard to make a living. It's, like, probably, like, the, like, worst industry to get into if you want security. (laughs) Um, Unless you can become very massive, you know. Of course, of course. Um, And um, the thing is, is that there's a lot of really, really um, great musicians and they play, you know, they're trying to afford to get by. So they're playing these other gigs with some other artists that maybe aren't writing songs that really, like, resonate with, like, their their values. Or they go play in bars really, really late at night, and they and it kind of, like, chips away. And I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm not supposed to be playing in bars um, for a bunch of drunk people, but, like, this is, like, how I can afford to pay my bills. And there's, like, this kind of just, like... Um, it just like can really, really um be a place of it, it can just put people in, in a rock in a in a hard spot, and um, you know, for those musicians, um, when churches like will hire on like a musician or something like that, like I just think it's like the coolest thing because then it allows them to like use their like giftings for God that they spend so much hard work and time on, and have like a pure place to like use that gift and make a living without having to like. And a lot of them, you know, will work somewhere else to afford to play music. And there's not really any 
paid gigs that they really feel like, oh, this is like the Lord's, you know, all. and it's not that it's like about profiting for the gospel, but it's about like making a living and having a clear conscience yeah. um, with your gifting. Yeah. That, I think that's such a good perspective. Yeah. I think really, really well articulated, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I feel like yesterday we were going into some, or not yesterday, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. um, going into some thoughts on just, yeah, the economy of music and, Especially when you're not in the music industry, it's easy to forget about. But when you are in the music industry, it's all you think about. And there's not a lot of people having these conversations, especially within church. And so I'm just, I'm not trying to like peg anybody of like, okay, you're wrong and you're right. Um, Or every musician in church needs to get paid. I just think it's a conversation that maybe some pastors have never even thought about. Mm -hmm. And like people in ministry, I think we just have to recognize talent and we have to recognize value on people. Mm -hmm. Because I remember you sharing that, you know, because when you went to work and you were doing EDM music, people were then telling you like, oh no, your music is worth this Mm -hmm. X. And you were like, I didn't feel that. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like your whole life, you know, you, you just, you love it. And like, you almost start having like this just low self-worth of like, well, my, my, my gifting isn't worth much because nobody's ever really paid me much for it. So therefore, I feel almost weird when somebody like people will feel weird if you like want to bless them for, you know, mixing a song or something like that. I'm like, dude, like you're worth way more than this. Like, you know, like, and, and, um, yeah. And I'd say that I, I don't know if everyone, but I suffered from that. I really did. Cause I didn't, I always felt guilty. Like making money in music was like guilty, you know? Um, and I'm sure people feel like that, like maybe like if they, if, if a faith-based organization like bless them, like they feel like they're like robbing God because, um, but, um, I mean, I think the greatest thing you can give is like your, your, your gifting, um, and that no amount of money is worth that gifting. Yeah. And I think I was even explaining that I've felt that too. And I, I think there has been kind of like a poverty mindset if we want to call it that there's been a like the church has kind of and when I say the church I just mean like Christians the whole like body of Christians mm-hmm. kind of have this thing that we are holier or we're more selfless if we don't make money mm-hmm. and that like stems from the Catholic Church and I won't go into that but you know you took a vow of poverty and you know even missionaries it's like you know we've all seen those videos of like people making fun of missionaries because you know they're fundraising and then they're buying like a Gucci whatever and and it's like we have this thing of like oh if you're if you're working in ministry you're probably not supposed to have nice things mm-hmm. and i think that's something that i'm fighting against because i've been raised in that mindset but i don't believe it but yet i still feel the tension sometimes when i'll be it'll just like come out of me and i'm like oh that's gross i don't i don't actually believe that but somewhere around the Somewhere down the line, I picked up that belief. So I think it's it's not just musicians that feel that. I think it's pretty much anyone in their gifting feels like, oh, I'm not worth something. And then the enemy will just like, and when I say the enemy, I mean like the devil, mm-hmm. will literally put those like thoughts in your mind of, okay, yeah, no, you're not worth it. Like, you know, you might have designed graphics for church or you might have, 
you know, maybe you weren't even in church, but, you know, you just always did yard work for someone for free. And now you feel weird charging your neighbor to mow their yard. You know, just like it's literally everything. Um, but we have to survive. And, and I think gener- generational wealth and building and savings, I don't think any of those things are wrong. Right. Is there extravagance that probably could, <laughs> to, you know, like obviously there's some measures that we need to take. But um, like I said before, money just makes you more of who you are. Um, and so if, if you can get into a place where you can accept people giving you, like basically putting value on your talents, I think that's a, a healthy place to be Yeah. while you're keeping your ego in check. But I know like when I was on staff at the church back home that I was, that I was working at, I guess it is a weird thing to, you know, take the money that like you're seeing from the people around you, like, and, and spend it how you, you do, you know what I mean? Like, and you feel weird, like buying a new shirt. Oh no, I totally <laughs> bought like killer jackets and stuff like that. And I would like, I would, you know, I was like, yeah, I got this like, you know, new. But did you ever feel like, like, you know, the church mom or whatever would like look at you and be like, honestly, I, I, I didn't. No? I think I That's like good. weirdly was able to, um, just not overthink it. Uh, but we also had a really, really cool leadership that was just really allowed me to be free and like didn't put any sort of weird pressures on us, you know? So, um, but yeah, it is, I will say for me though, this is, this is weird is that when I was doing Cody Turner's singer songwriter stuff, like I would sometimes feel weird when I'm taking money from someone, like for them to buy a shirt for me and stuff like that. Like, it was weird. I don't know why that was. I would just be like, I would just want someone else to take care of it. I don't know. It was, like, a weird thing for me because I was like, oh, they're, like, giving me this money. Like, but, you know, it's just it's just odd, you know? And I don't, I don't know why we have these weird preconceived ideas of why we don't think we're valuable in that way or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's stuff you have to fight through, you know? And, um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. Unless, yeah. Did you have something to say? Well, he's always thinking. Well, I always got something to say. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see like the the mindset of, you know, some people, and 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 I understand, like where that where that comes from, and I think the danger that money can do is um, just could can distract some people. Um. Like, say, it's like, yo, I could make this money doing this song, or I could do this song that's, like, going to, like, further the Lord's, like, work, you know? Um, And also, it can give you a false sense of security. And I think that's what what Jesus was really trying to say is, like, and that's why there's, like, um, an advantage inside of poverty because it brings you to the awareness of, like, your real dependence on God. Um, And, um... I think that's where, um, yeah, where there needs to, like, you should always be on fire for God. But, um, but yeah, just, like, that awareness of, like, where am I putting my dependence on? Is it in this safe job? Is it in this retirement? Right. Or is it, like, is it on, like, Jesus is, like, you know, going to save you? (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's such a tension. And I think that's the the whole point behind this podcast and me, Honestly, this is like my selfish journey to try to understand like how do I 
how do I believe in God, grow wealth, but like mm-hmm. stay humble and, you know, embrace like, you know, just embrace the way he wanted us to live and, you know, not love money, but be able to use it as a steward and, mm-hmm. and further other people and like invest in people like you guys who are doing it from a pure heart. Um, and it is such a tension because part of me is like, I just wish I was born in Africa and I never had any of these like stumbling blocks, if you will, that like mm. first world problems. <laughs> yeah. And then there's other parts of me that's like, wow, I'm so privileged. And and then like look at look at all that I have and like all the potential and all the opportunity yeah. um, to to anyway to advance things that he wants to advance. So but and we could go on and on and on because this is like one of my favorite conversations. But yeah. I want to also hear about some of the songs that you guys have written recently. I know you did the gospel EP, which is really cool. Um, but then also some of your other songs and just kind of the stories behind them. I know the one um, like you you wrote about kind of your whole tension you were exper- experiencing leaving North Dakota and like, you know, people basically yeah. telling you you're not going to make it. Yeah. Um, so I just want to hear some of the stories behind well, some I of the... <laughs> <laughs> like, proved y'all and and you guys are going no, on wait, tour and wait, wait, yeah. wait 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 every show are you gonna say yo they said that i never make it and then i'm just like dun 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 yeah and i'm gonna start rapping the lyrics of eight mile alex that's what i'm gonna start doing well i'll actually do seven mile that's okay. my version because i grew up on seven mile drive oh yeah it's nothing like eight mile but i will say alex close. alex does he's he he actually had a rapping career. That was his his first. So his first mixtape was actually a rapping mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that actually is true. He was big out, right? Big Next, out. Question. <laughs> Next, <laughs> Next question. Next question. Okay, so the whole point of some like. The stories behind your songs. That's the that was what I was asking. Yeah, so I think it's sometimes maybe that you're referring to, which is probably our favorite song to play. And that was the one that was you know, I'm leaving this hometown and kind of just dealing with the tensions of like maybe your friends not fully understanding. And most of my friends were like super supportive, but you know how you have these weird like insecurities. They're like, they think I'm crazy. Like they, (laughs) they don't really believe in me. Like this is all, you know, but, um, but, or just struggling with the tensions of your dad believing in you or, or whatever. And, and, um, yeah. And then just how life sometimes kind of gives you what you need, not what you want, like, and things end up working out, you know? And, um that was that was one song that is really 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 meaningful to us and then i think the other one you're thinking of is i think you're thinking of run run that's what i thought three. i didn't want to call it i didn't want to call it by the wrong name it no, was like a crappy okay. friend okay. so i didn't call it by it, name. it needs to be called run 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 but anyways um we uh that was the one that was like it was just this interesting song that we wrote it was the first one we ever did actually and yep. Alex, you know, sent me this track. He's like, I got this Bruce Springsteen type idea. And a melody, like, came to me right away. And I just had this idea of, like, man, I want to just, like, run down my hometown street uh, where everybody said you're just a small town boy with some silly dreams, you know. And just, just go this, ahead and sing it for us. Yeah, yeah. I want to run, run, run. Anyways, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was this tension of, like, I will – I want to be back in that place where I was dreaming but yet I don't think people really believed me 
but yet it was this interesting tension, you know, of just like uh, you're you're dreaming in a in a world that maybe dreams aren't super encouraged. You know what I mean? And so, but that's yeah. the magic. The ma- that was the magic the, of the ma- it. Yes. The magic. The magic is in like when you believe that you can do something and nobody else does. Yeah. Like, Oof. like that's yeah. like that's where keep preaching you know and the, again you know special I mean, sauces that's what makes life like beautiful yeah yeah and again i mean like obviously i have very supportive friends and and uh my sister's like you know probably the most supportive person like i have ever had um but yeah you're just growing up in a culture where you don't really feel free to like dream super big and so that was the tension that we were living in you know what i mean so yeah and let's talk about dreaming because that's yeah obviously like a huge part of all of this um you guys created a vision board i remember you saying that do you have like yeah a, yeah and like what when you say like dream i feel like that's a word that sometimes people have a hard time being like well what does it look like to dream and mm. and how do you dream and how do you you know you don't want to dream too big or you don't want to dream too small like mm. what are your thoughts on dreaming because that's like a huge part of y'all's message oh um so uh one of the things while i was making the my vision board you know i had a thought i was like how much of this because i saw a bunch of other people's ones and some people had like you know big mansions and private jets and all this stuff and and I didn't really see like any pictures of people and I was like and I was like man I want my vision board to like always just have like people I want the whole thing to like facilitate people you know everything um and if you're going to have a big home awesome then have a big family with a bunch of friends you know and um so I would just I don't know say dreaming like with more people makes it like that's that's a cool dream for me. Yeah, yeah, and I I think, you know, what are the things that have sort of lasted in your heart since you were really really little? You know, I mean, I know for me, I mean, since I think Justin Timberlake went on a solo career, like I've been dancing in front of my mirror trying to act like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's just like if only I could have footage. I yeah, this think thankfully like smartphones weren't a thing then, but like. Um, yeah, for, I think it's one of those things that have lasted in you for so long, you know what I mean? And, um, it can be anything. It can be having a family. It can be getting married. It can be having kids. It can be a certain job. It can be going somewhere. It can be doing something, um, can be starting something. Um, and so we just, you know, wanted to write music that like encourages that, you know, yeah. and it's, it's very youthful sounding and, and that's what you do when you're a kid, you know, you think you're a little invincible, you know? Um, and then you get older and you're like, Oh, well, what if this happens or what if this happens? What if this happens? You know? And I think it's good. I think you should, uh, have, um, kind of some, some guidelines, you know, maybe to help yourself, uh, think a little bit better and not be so silly i don't have those in my life that's why (laughs) alex exists um and so yeah and you guys are very like to kind of talk about a little bit of the dynamic and then i want to go back into the dream thing but you guys are very much opposites and like it works really really well and like you would say you're probably more of the like cautious like think through everything not like as a personality but just more sage (laughs) yeah he is (laughs) What does that mean? A sage? I don't know, but I heard it once. <laughs> I heard it once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're more the you're more of the I'm gonna like slow the roll. Like 
you said it best when you said I'm the gas, he's the brakes. Like both are equally important. Yeah, yeah. And then there's occasionally where, you know, I got to get over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That accelerating, you know, so come on, Yeah, son. yeah, come that's on, true. Son. That's true. You know, and, and, and it's the same way with Cody. I've been being like, hey, I think like we should just like slow down on this idea for a second or this vision or this direction. Um, so I'd say that we alternate, you know, it's not always. Sure. But for the most part, I mean, Cody is is pure energy. So thousand percent. Um, with enough coffee. <laughs> And that's yeah, that's the that's the special, you know. That's what makes it special. I mean, yeah, I I like come through the door singing, and you know, I'm more the morning person. You know, that's like you know, kind of bebopping around and stuff like that. I'm like, how's your morning today? <laughs> like, you know, it's just like... all right, buddy, the elf. <laughs> <laughs> that's very um, accurate. Um, but uh, but but what's great is is Alex has such a uh, he's so calculated and he's so he sees the details that I don't see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He really gets things right, mm-hmm. and that's why our music is so well produced and and our songs are so well done because he really really knows how to make things sound great. He has this like unique awareness of like when something's just a little bit off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, this can be better. This can be better. This can be better. You know what I mean? And there's even times where like, it's like tension. Cause I'm like, what? Like, no, it's fine. Like sometimes Ugh. it can be a curse. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. 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 Um, sure. But it, it's what makes this thing work. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, let's put it out. And he's like, well, wait a second, let's really get it good. And I'm like, oh yeah, it can be even better, you know? And so, yeah, I can totally, those relate. are the, those are the tensions that, that we live in. But Alex is, just as much of a dreamer. I mean, there's things that he'll say. I'll just be like, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, and just as much probably like desiring to take risks in this group as like, you know, I am. So, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And I feel like the whole vision board thing is kind of seen as like a girl's thing. Yeah. Like, like I see a lot of like Pinterest. We have type. some feminine energy <laughs> in us. <laughs> No, but like I feel like men have a hard time. Like it's not a conversation. Look how I'm crossing my legs right now. I'm sorry. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. I'm so no, sorry. No, 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 you're fine. You. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just feel like when I feel like that's why a lot of women like I I I'm trying to keep yield podcast. I'm trying to keep yield podcast kind of a neutral thing because it's really easy for a, a female to yeah. with pink hair to draw in other females. Like it just. Yeah. It's natural, but I'm like, no, I want guys to have these conversations yeah. and to dream and to create, a, yeah. to create vision boards. And they're just like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know? And I'm like, no, you're not. You're actually not good. Um, so that's why I'm like, I don't know how personally I'd be invulnerable here. I'm like, I do not know how to motivate men. But at the same time I do on a one-on-one level, I'm like, dude, what the heck are you doing? Like, yeah. when's the last song you put out? Like I can yeah. talk like that, but like, as far as trying to like, get them to engage it feels like they're just like unless you're literally staring them in the face and like challenging yeah it's like they don't respond i'm like i don't know what i'm doing here maybe it will just be a woman's podcast because y'all are hard no i listen to your podcast hey i mean like, <laughs> you're also my friend and low-key wanted to be on the podcast yeah. so <laughs> have you streamed it yet that's why you're texting me no i'm just kidding you never done that i'm just kidding <laughs> what go go ahead and say oh, oh, i have I, thoughts but go ahead I, i'd say the person who um influenced me to do it was uh steve harvey and, Come on, um, Steve yeah. Harvey. Yeah, and he was like talked about like Habakkuk too, too, and like he was like you know write the vision and and you should have it make it plain and all the stuff and um he's like you know everything in my life like 
you know, has come to pass because I've like made like these vision boards and I keep it on my phone and on my computer and, and at home. And like, he's like, I'm getting all of that, you know? <laughs> and like, and, and, you know, I, I think, uh, I think prayerfully, you know, you really should seek the Lord for like what he's like put on your heart and, um, really make sure that like your motives are, are pure, you know? And, um, but, uh, yeah, so I mean, it was men that always inspired me to do vision boards. Oh, but that's good. May, maybe you have that perception since, like, you're a woman, <laughs> you know. But you know, I don't. Uh, know. I'll Cody, say what, what, what do you, you're, you're probably the best person to. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think for me, well, it was actually Alex that inspired me to to make a vision board too, and I think a lot of times men aren't always. Again, this is not you know, true for everyone. I don't know how in tune men are always, let me say that again. I don't know how in tune men are with their passions all the mm, time. Yep. Uh, I think men are very uh, analytical and very logical in their brain. And that that's just naturally kind of how we are, but we aren't always thinking about probably what the possibilities are. You know, we're thinking like, okay, what can I afford? What can we do? And then how can I do that? We're very practical, you know? Yep. And what I appreciate about, about women and people, are, of, of, you know, whether they're men or women who are big dreamers is they don't think within the confines of a box. You know, they think like anything's possible, you know? And um, that's why I resonate with people like Tony Robbins and, you know, stuff like just people who don't have limits to like what they can do in life and and so i think we're very passionate people yeah you know and we're just very in tune with what we love and and i would say if you're not there yet i mean like keep seeking god on it and and just really really just keep exploring you know um and so i i think that's 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 part of it yeah and going back to what you said before which i found um actually started figuring this stuff out I was about 19 years old and I went through this whole process of um like asking my parents hey when I was young what did I do like what what was my thing that was like stood out when I was young and I was sharing it with you guys but um to kind of make a longer story short so I've always been like I've always loved fashion I've always loved traveling I've always loved like the game of money is what I call it um I've had all these very specific passions and I grew up in a small town with parents who worked really hard, who were amazing and always told me I could do whatever I wanted, but were never, never like influencing the travel or the money thing. I mean, it was like it never came from, I mean, my mom, I mean, she was hip, but you know, it was just like, I, I remember growing up and still till honestly sitting in your driveway two days ago, I had no idea where I got any of that from. And this week, my great grandma had passed. And she, when I say my great grandma, people don't think like, oh, well, you don't have a relationship with your great grandma. But I actually was really close with mine. Um, and she, it like hit me like a ton of rocks that she was the one, it was literally her legacy that I was influenced by. And she's the one that, I mean, so cool. she, she did hair for her entire life until yeah. she was 86 um, in a studio in the back of her house. And she always dressed crazy, like rhinestones and zebra and all that. And just so, so crazy that no one would expect. I mean, into her 80s, like until the day she died, she was wearing rhinestones. And 
she was so cool and so bold about it. It was like she didn't care if it wasn't other people's thing. So and then she traveled. I have a map from when she and my great grandpa went to Europe that I actually used when I planned out um, my trip that I backpacked with my friend. And it's just like all these little things that just all hit me at once. Like, holy crap, it was her and money. She was she grew up. She was three or four years old during the Great Depression and grew up hiding money and like in buying bonds and buying stocks and understanding that you have to like plan and grow wealth. And it's a huge part. And she was a widow. So she had to take care of herself. Um, So it just hit me like, holy crap, this woman was the only one talking to me about money. And then I was going home and selling my brother Furbies out of my bookcase in my room. And it just was like, oh my gosh, my parents... My parents didn't raise me up in that. Not that it's a bad thing, but it was her influence specifically in like all of the things that I'm passionate about. And my mom and I talked about this, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And she would tell me like, yeah, you used to do this or you always wanted to redecorate the house or you always wanted to change things. You always wanted to, you know, improve things and paint something and make it better. Um, And that's weird when you're eight years old. (laughs) That's not normal. Um, It's not like a normal thing. So that that would be my advice for anyone who's listening, you know, look back and start asking your parents and, you know, looking back at old pictures, especially like the Gen Z. I mean, your whole life was pretty much documented where it's accessible via Facebook. So just look back and ask your parents about like, what were you doing back then? What were you passionate about? And then I would ask people to pray specifically into those things. Like I used to hide myself away um, with the JCPenney magazine. That's like that thick. Mm-hmm. And um you know, and I, and then I would have graph paper and I would draw houses and now Cameron and I are doing real estate stuff. And I thought, Oh, I missed the boat. I was supposed to, I was supposed to go to architect architecture school. Um, but now I realize that that wasn't it at all. And I felt shamed actually when I was Mm -hmm. that young, because I knew it was kind of weird, you know, like no one my age was talking about like houses or Mm. building a house and and stuff. So anyway, that was kind of a tangent, but, um, But I feel like that's that's something that specifically I see the male demographic and the female demographic of like side hustles and, you know, whatever. Um, and I see a lot of men will post a lot of pictures of like Lambos and mansions and, you know, iced out. And they're like, yeah, like this is me. This is going to be me. Like, what up? You know, respect. And I'm just like, OK, ew, that's shallow. And then I see the women side where it's like, yes, girl, you can do it. You know, do your thing, your side hustle. And I just don't like either um, for different reasons. But it's just like because I think at the end of it all, like we're not thinking about how is our heart doing in the midst of you know, follow your dreams, yeah. create your dreams. But like but like pray into it because at the end of the day, the Olympians, the celebrities, all these people, once they hit their goals or what they thought to be their goals, they find it's lonely, Yeah, you know? And so anyway, so I'm on a tangent of all that, but that's kind of like the heart behind why I'm doing this. And um, I wanted to know if you guys had thoughts on it because I know you do. Oh, Alex has a lot of thoughts. On <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I think I've found that like dreams for me, they just don't the, live on pillows. The, the, they don't, they just don't live in pillows. And like, you know, um, we only speak in our song lyrics. Um, but yeah, you know, for myself, I, I felt like I was going to be really successful in Hollywood, honestly, but I was going to be really, really sad. Um, and you did, I mean, you'll never say it, Alex, you're very humble. You actually did like, you found like a 
pretty decent amount of success in the EDM world. Mm-hmm. And you're amening me. Um, so you really did. Like when you walked away from that all, that that was a huge deal. So that like just so everyone else, everyone else knows that's listening. It's not like you were a starving artist. You were like seeing some success, but you just didn't necessarily like where your life was at. Yeah, yeah. And 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 in God, um, you know, in my life, I've found that like, oh, it's not that these dreams like God doesn't want us to dream, but that he really wants us to like dream with him. And like mm-hmm. that's where the dreams are worthwhile, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, like I. um I, I I thought it's what I wanted, but uh, I really don't believe like it was like truly going to be as vibrant and as exhilarating as dreaming with God and wow. and um you know and I would say that this band is like a dream with God mm-hmm. that like it's not just about us becoming rock stars uh, but it's about us like uniting people sharing hope and um and and how my life has been changed through live music and i want to put on a crazy live show and and have other brothers bond with their big brother and like sisters like i mean you know bond with their brothers and talk about how much they love them and how they love these records and these songs and they remind them of like you know their love for one another and um and yeah so so i think um yeah really well put i i was just gonna say that the people that often i i do say i feel like get to be to places where they're very wealthy it's because they love what they're doing you know like um they're probably not just in it for the cars and like things like that they really love (laughs) what they're doing and like we love what we're doing you know, and so that has Amen. to be, it has to be your passion, Amen. you know, that has to be your passion, you know. And what are your thoughts on like balance when it comes to a passion project? Versus what? Oh man. Like I know myself, <laughs> I get like super f- focused in on something and it's like, I won't eat, I won't sleep. I'm just like, ah, I gotta go. Um, wow. I don't know if everyone's like that, but I find that a lot of people that are like, you know, going after something with intensity tend to like, I, I tend to crash and burn at times because I'll like just give so much energy to something. Um, and sometimes it's like a, yeah, I, I end up like kind of having a roller coaster of I'm like burnout and then I'm like super inspired and then I'm burnout. Well, 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 I'll say one thing that God convicted me was that like anything that I'm going to, that I'm supposed to do for him or like walking in like my calling should never lead me to like anxiety or like stress Come and like on. the work mm-hmm. of God should never lead me to a place of stress or anxiety. And I get that life can be hard and that we are going to have trouble in this world. But like if, if I'm stressing out about working these long days for something and haven't spent any time with God and like even this gospel EP, you know, I was like getting all worried about getting it all right and all this stuff. And some God was just like, well, who, what's who the you, point? <laughs> who are you putting it out for, man? You know, yeah. who are you putting it out for? You know, when did I tell you to like, you know, <laughs> stress out about it, you know, yeah. do the work and let me do the rest, you know? Yeah. And I think we just try to maintain fun, like whether it's in the studio, like cutting vocals or a show and, and we have a lot sometimes that, that could get us to stress out, you know, um, 
and we just try to maintain fun and we'll we'll kind of say like hey like we're not enjoying this right now you know we'll kind of call ourselves out on it and stuff like that and so we just like have to maintain just just the lightheartedness you know what i mean so i mean it's that's how i get through like cutting vocals i don't know <laughs> i mean like it's just a laborious task for me sometimes i'm like when can we go have fun and play sh- rock shows like you know but um yeah so yeah i mean n- not everything's fun you know but they do say if you're not having fun you're doing it wrong yeah um what are you trying to say i think when that comes <laughs> to like <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of things kidding. but uh but yeah, life should be fun, and that's one thing Cody has helped me is like getting into like, hey, having fun. You know, it's like, what's the point if you're not having fun? You know, yeah. what's the point in doing music? You know, if you're not like having, especially fun. when you're trying to put on live shows that are yeah. supposed to be there. We for are fun. selling fun. I'll be <laughs> honest, like we are selling fun. Like, like, you know, and like, what a cool thing to do is like, right? Sell fun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And if anybody's going to sell it, I mean... We're here for it. Yeah. We're here no, to give it. I, I've actually salesman. found... It's funny that you bring up the whole fun thing. Because for me, I don't know. I went through like a weird phase. And there was some like traumatic stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I found coming out of that, I became like way more like focus driven. And like, oh, I got to create. I got to build. I got to... But then... It was like within the last year or two, I was like, wow, I used to be fun. Like I used to like I used to have fun. I used to just dance. I used, I used to, to have a soul. Yeah, like, like what what happened? And I mean, I think it's processing trauma and like that kind of stuff and praying through it. Um Cameron's dancing in the background. Thank you, Cameron, for your hip sways. Um that was great. But like I I've like recently realized like that's a very important practical is like we need to have dance breaks in the middle of our days. We need to make sure that we are making time for fun um, or otherwise we are going to burn out. And I think for me, I mean, you guys have met my mom. Okay. I think I did. I I think you did. I did meet your parents at church. She's just like one big ball of joy and you just can't help it. And I think growing up around that, it just like, that's what I was. I was, I was used to that. And then I think you grow up and you think you're too cool to have fun um, yeah. or you get so focused that you're not having fun anymore or life circumstances, obviously damper fun. So yeah, yeah, that's been like one of my things for 2020 was uh, last year was goal driven and like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then sitting back this yeah. year, I'm like, I'm going to rest. I'm going to have as much fun as I want. And whatever comes out yeah. of it comes out of it because it's so much more productive than, totally. than just like grinding and like, Oh, you know, totally. it's like, no, you gotta have like, you gotta let loose, you know, you gotta yeah. go listen to young and a million and crank it crank it like you're yeah i mean i i totally take breaks where i just like blast electronic music in our living room and i just pretend i'm you know singing at coachella somewhere hyping up like thirty thousand people you know i mean that's how i get through my days i don't know but what about you (laughs) um i'll make biscuits or have a roll of smarties yeah 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 you make biscuits like southern style yeah. You've never offered yeah. us biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I'm actually a little offended, quite honestly, but that's fine. What else does a Southern they are, do? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Alex likes to, to cook and and run and be outside. Yeah, and play golf. And play golf. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So, I guess tell us about tour and then otherwise how we can find you and, and just kind of keep up with what you guys are up to. Totally. So the gospel EP is out now along with several singles from our upcoming or from our, the, our album that's coming out 
this summer called Dreams Not Living Pillows, actually. And it's all on Spotify, Apple, Napster. That's where everybody really wants to find They actually pay the most now. So so Napster doesn't. Don't illegally download it. Because they (laughs) feel guilty. Uh, But yeah, so everything's at Young and a Million. Our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Patreon, if you want like exclusive content. And then we do have a tour coming up. We it's somewhere between July, September, and maybe more dates. And um, yeah, so just follow us on Instagram and Spotify to keep up on all those dates and everything like that. So so exciting! All right, and I want to pray. Um, I'll have each of you guys pray, and then I'll close it out. But just yeah. whatever you feel, just follow your heart. All right. Um. Alex is really good at praying. Lord, I want to pray um, for everyone who uh, has watched this podcast, um, for those um, who you feel that you're moving in their heart for them to dream again. Lord, I just pray that you encounter them in their dreams, um, not only while they sleep, but in their heart, in dreams with you in them. And um, Lord, just reveal to them of your goodness and um, of your grace and um Maybe there's some people out there that feel like their dreams didn't come true or like that God didn't care about their dreams. And um, I just ask the Lord for you to just touch them and move in their hearts in ways that only you can and um, to reignite their um, their spark to dream again with you in Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus, I just agree with that prayer. And Father, I just pray that uh, if there's anyone that is listening to this, Lord, that has just been, they feel like they've been let down by God. Lord, I just um, pray that you would just encounter them and draw them unto you, Jesus. We just ask you that you would make yourself known to them, whether it's through dreams or uh, through people being put in their path or whatever, Lord. And, and Father, I am just asking you that you would encounter uh, the people that are listening to this, God, and and. I just I just pray that people would be able to find their passion again, yes. Lord, and that you would awaken like things that people maybe forgot about Amen. for a while, Lord, and and um, and restore hope and faith within the church again, God, and and just help us to grow into becoming. Um, people who are really, really, really soft and tender towards you and and have a heart for you and trust you. And and I want to also just pray, Lord, that you would show the listeners of this podcast your goodness. Lord, I pray that you would uh, show them just literally the, the goodness that they shall see in the land of the living, that you really, truly, truly, truly desire to give good gifts, that every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven you know, from the father of lights with, you know, whom there's no shadow or variation of change. And, and God, I just ask you for encounters with uh, your presence in Jesus name. Yeah. Amen. God, I thank you. I just tag on to both of those prayers, God, that when we're frustrated that we would hear from you, God, I just ask for everyone who's listening right now um, to take a moment and to just get quiet with you, God, that we were that we're not just running after idle things just to keep ourselves focused on something else because really we're hurting or we're struggling otherwise. God, that you would just tear back 
the scars and deal with the things that are hurting us, that are confusing us. And God, that you are tender, God, that you can truly heal things. Um, And I also just feel, um, we've never done this on the podcast before, but I really just have felt like we need to give someone an option to to say yes to Jesus. So if you're listening to this, um, you just right where you are, just stop what you're doing and just ask God to come and be in your heart. And that basically just means just to be your just be there with you. Um, that He's there. He's om He's omnipresent. He's always there with you. Um, but there's a choice to let Him into your heart. So God, we just ask for anyone who's at that place where maybe you know God but he hasn't been a part of your life that you would be able to, to just let him back into your life and let him steer, um, especially in the things that you're frustrated with, that you would let him in and not compartmentalize his presence and his leadership in your life. Um, and we just pray for Cody and Alex, for Young and a Million, for the influence for this tour. God, that where the enemy wants to bring any obstacles, God, we just say right now in Jesus' name that no weapon formed against them is going to prosper, especially this whole coronavirus trying to push everything back. Um, And we just pray over Nashville as a city. We just claim our city for Jesus, our musicians for Jesus, that there's hearts that are on fire to get a sound out that's going to reach people, that's going to bring hope. And there's right now more than ever we need that, God. I also pray for the entrepreneurs listening and also in our city that they would not lose steam, that they would not become apathetic um, and confused and frustrated, but that this would be a time where people dream harder and that they dive deeper into their passions. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, God, we just thank you. And we thank you for what you're going to do through Cody and Alex um, in the music industry. So we just ask you to prosper them every, that especially with um, creativity guys, I just felt like all of a sudden there's going to just be like, he just, opens it up and all of a sudden you guys can't stop writing songs. Um, and I think some of the songs you're about to write, I don't know, I could be totally off, but I feel like some of the songs you're about to write are going to like not necessarily fit in the direction you thought you were supposed to go with like the next stuff you're supposed to release. Um, but I feel like he's saying like, just let me do it the way I want to do it. Um, and just let me release some of this stuff because you have no idea what I'm going to do through your music. Um, so yeah, God, we just ask you to, to clarify that and to confirm that to them in Jesus name. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) Thanks for that word. I received that, man.